Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well. We want to give a quick shout out to Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. All right. So glad to have you listening, sharing, and downloading. We really appreciate it. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251 244 4645, or you can email us at Dr. Jonathan at org. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. We have a link where you can become a monthly supporter in our show notes. And all monies go to missions. And finally, yes, you're going to Tanzania in a few months. Yes, yes. And we have a link in our show notes that if you click on it, you will go to Covenant Eyes and you can get the Covenant Eyes porn blocker. Or you can go to the Covenant Eyes website and use the promo code GRACE1998. Both of these will give you one month free of the Covenant Eyes Born Blocker. All right, Dr. J, what kind of facts do you have? An animal's yawn based on how large their brain is. And the bigger the brain, the larger they will yawn. Oh, my. Guinea pigs have one of the largest yawns. Guinea pigs? But they're small. They have little bee mouths. They eat them in Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had two guinea pigs. It was meatball. Meatball and... What was the other one? Spaghetti. (laughs) Well, the kids had them, and um, I told them they could have them, but they had to clean up after them, and they're kind of nasty animals. They really don't yawn that much. (laughs) But our dog does. Our dog has a big yawn. But back to the kids, uh, (laughs) guinea pigs. Remember that time that they were sitting out grumbling at me because I was making them um, clean out the guinea pigs? They were probably saying some pretty nasty things about their mom. They probably were. We have a cute little picture. And they liked them until Meatball bit Mary Grace's finger, thinking it was a carrot. She cried. Well, it's it. spurted blood is that how you would say spurted and we thought we were gonna have to go get her stitches but it turned out okay she didn't like meatball after that in switzerland it is illegal to own just one guinea pig that's because (laughs) guinea pigs are social animals and they're considered victims of abuse if they are left alone okay all right let's go on to the next one yeah uh, guinea pigs i don't know okay what else there are more lego minifigures than there are people on earth that is a lot of Legos. Yeah. Did you used to play with Legos when you were little? A little bit, not much. Gabriel never got into Legos, neither did Mary Grace. No. But some people just really love, and as adults, they like to put them Lego together. my Lego. That's Lego. Ego Waffles. <laughs> waffles. Okay, what else you got? Surgeons who play video games at least three hours a week perform 27% faster and make 37% fewer errors performing laparoscopic surgery. So I guess you want to ask your surgeon if they play video games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if they don't, run. <laughs> you go. Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like National Lampoon's. Uh, yeah. Summer break vacation. Yeah. No, RV. Uh, do you remember an RV when he was driving the RV like down into the woods? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, what are we talking about today? Narcissists in the church. Oh. Narcissists. Okay. Really, really, the church is kind of vulnerable to narcissists. What? Why do you think that? Well, number one, I think narcissists wear masks. They like to wear a mask. And the mask, people 
you know, a narcissist often looks pretty good in public and in front of people. Mm-hmm. And so the church in general, we're like sheep. Jesus says the, sh- the church is like sheep and that we're kind of not the smartest people in the world. That's why he chose this. The church will often mistaken uh, cheerful, confident behavior as good behavior and therefore show a uh, gravitate towards a narcissist. That is interesting. But well, in narcissists, they like to be in control and there are never enough workers in the church. Never enough workers. Never. They will definitely take on yeah. uh, things. Definitely. So on the one hand, they're taking on roles nobody else wants to take on. But on the other hand, do you really want them to be taking on that role? Yeah. True. Christians tend to be more trusting of each other. There's a lot of naivety. Yeah. Christians are very naive at times. And that naivety, I think, can be uh, risky. I think so, too. I think so, too. Just like the sheep. Often will trust the wolf. Ah, and they should not. And sheep are kind of not too smart. Nope. So I think that narcissists will often uh, get a little bit uh, too trusting. Mm Hmm. Okay. And empathy. You know, narcissists are attracted to people that are empathetic. Yes, they are. Within the church. Christians tend to be more empathetic, at least they should. Right. And the the narcissist really, really sees that as an opportunity to take advantage and use that as a supply to mm-hmm. build up themselves. So a lot of narcissists will go join the church because they know that that is a ground for a lot of empathetic people. Yes. And empathy is okay. a good thing. It is a good thing. But a lot of times people that are empathetic, not all, but some are very naive as well. And maybe they will get snowed by uh, a a narcissist. And I think that's exactly why you see a lot of uh, false teachers that get in to churches and denominations. Yes. Uh, Health wealth, I'm thinking of specifically, but Mm -hmm. it can be in any denomination. Right. Where they get into power and spread heresy. Mm-hmm. And they're accepted because they are grandiose narcissists. Definitely. And they have, or or covert, mm-hmm. and they have uh, a supply out there through all these very empathetic, uh, trusting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really take advantage of that. Uh, yeah. Makes sense, but it is a sad thing. And as you mentioned earlier, narcissists are always looking for uh, leadership positions. And there's always positions to be filled within the church. And, you know, they can really, you know, when you first meet a narcissist, you think, oh, wow, this person's really awesome. They've got all these wonderful skills and and they're going to draw people in. It's going to be amazing. And they're going to do such a good job at this. And then as you get to know them better, you realize, oh, my goodness, I should not have put this person in this role. Yeah. Because a lot of times they may be doing this to the pastor or to the other leaders in the church. They're just really like the love bombing and complimenting and everything like that. So you think that they're a pretty cool person. Oh, I've been there personally. We have. We have definitely. In the church environment where leadership, people in general, love bomb the pastor and his family. Yes. Um, Yes. And then they devalue you and then they like throw you out. Right. So... 
Yeah. And this isn't always true, but pastors, be really careful when you come into a new church and the people that are really love bombing you. Yeah. And I'm definitely not saying, you you know, just be paranoid. No. Or this happens all the time, but it does happen. It does happen. Watch out for the people that love bomb you when you first enter into a church. And the ones that are doing the loudest amens. <laughs> that is, a, that yeah. is very true. Because a lot of times that is a narcissist. So just want y'all to be cautious. Judas was probably an amener. He probably was. And he probably complimented Jesus an awful lot. He probably did. Yeah. Mm. Church members also, when they realize that they've been abused or taken advantage of, mm-hmm. instead of standing and fighting, Mm-hmm. They will bow out gracefully and not say anything. They'll walk away quietly. Well, yeah. And then, and that's so unfortunate because the pastor's going, well, why did this person leave? Yeah. And did I do something wrong? And they're always questioning, you know, was it them when if, if the person had just come to the church leadership and said, this is going on, then it could have been dealt with. Um, but you know, especially if you're in a large church or a small church, but especially if you're in a small church, you know, you're depending on, on people to be there. And then when a narcissist starts running them off, that can have a very negative uh, impact on the pastor. Many <laughs> years ago, we had a church that was also participating in the uh, the occult. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. And I, as the pastor, mm-hmm. I have an obligation to God. Yes. To nip this in the butt you did and it's interesting i had a a small a small group of people that were love god Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to stay to confront it and they left us in the middle of the uh, right the wolf pack and they had been you know been there through this with us and they're like okay well we're just gonna leave and so we're like, okay, way to help the church stay healthy. But um, yeah, and, and I think they were just not wanting to stand up to the narcissists that were in the church. And that was very hurtful for us. Very hurtful. Not and, only was it hurtful that yeah, we're facing heresy and right. cult yeah. with yeah. the word of God alone. Yes, yes. But, hey God, but you know, well, yeah. humanly speaking. Right. Uh, people you that supposedly supported and agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, walked off, went to another church. It was, it was hard. It was very hard. Yeah. And I think that, you know, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your support. Yeah. It, it was, it was <laughs> tough. It really was. So you, so, you know, pastors, pastors, wives, families, be, be cautious, be careful, pray. Cause a lot of times I think, you know, well, I think sometimes we are on the naive side coming into a new church um, as pastor and pastor's wives. And and sometimes you're just wanting to be cared for and you're wanting for people to accept you. And you find out a lot of times that those ones that were caring for you and accepting you were just doing it because they were narcissists. And that's hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you, you know, I do believe uh, Judas was a narcissist. I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get staying and fighting mm-hmm. for truth, right? Is emotionally and, and it's exhausting. Exhausting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But we are commanded on the word of God to do it. <clears throat> yes, definitely. Um, it's easy for narcissists to hide behind church servanthood. It is. It really is. 
because they can look very pious mm-hmm. in, and with their servanthood. And they do it behind closed doors lots of times when right. no one is, very few people are holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they can easily get by with their, their deeds. Yes, yes. And a lot of times the church members don't speak up, speak up or as we said, they leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Christians are very forgiving and they should be. Yes. They should be. Yes. Um, but with narcissists, you know, you can be forgiving, but you don't bend down, bend over and let them kick you. No, they will twist it, twist Mm -hmm. and they will twist scripture Mm -hmm. and they will take advantage of everything that they consider weakness to them. Forgiveness, at least from their perspective, what forgiveness is Mm -hmm. and empathy is, is a, are are weaknesses, Mm -hmm. not strength. Right. And so they do the opposite of what the Christian uh, Christian uh, scriptures uh, proclaim. I think there, you know, there have been a lot of church splits down through the ages. And I think a lot of those church splits were started by the narcissist being narcissist. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at like Marietta Baker. Mm-hmm. You look at the word faith movement. Mm-hmm. A lot of these health wealth people. You look at the, all the occults. Right. You know, uh, even Joseph Smith. Narcissist. Narcissist. Uh, they took their own. Excuse me. Bless you. Thank they you. took their own path. Mm-hmm. And with their charismatic personality, they were able to deceive many, many people. Which is so unfortunate. So, um, And they will be, uh, I think, punished more in hell for, for doing that, for leading so many people astray. Members of the church don't want to pick sides. That can be difficult. Because out of peace, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. We are supposed to strive for unity and peace. We are. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. But it also says, he says, I have not come to bring peace, but sword mm-hmm. and division right. in families. Yes. Uh, and so we are commanded when necessary. Mm-hmm. I think we should exhaust everything. Right. To to stand up and confront sin. Yes. Yes. And so if if you know someone is a narcissist in the church and they are spreading lies or spreading untruths about God's word, going against the Bible, you need to stand up to them because that is what God has commanded us to do because they're trying to be a wolf in sheep's clothing and they're trying to draw people away from God and away from his church. And so we have to confront that. Is it easy? No, but we still have to confront that and you have to do it in the biblical manner, like go to them individually and, bring you know two or three and then ultimately in front of the church if if you can't work it out with them but i think a lot of churches are afraid to do that a lot of church members are afraid to do that because they're erring more on the peace side instead of facing the fact that this person is is not preaching the truth or speaking the truth rather and church members often tend to fear and i think for good reason mm-hmm. narcissists would turn turn the tables on oh yeah Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's been done with marriages, the couples yeah. that have been going through abusive narcissistic relationships. Right. Where the husband or the wife turn tables on that spouse and the church believes the wrong person. Yes. And that is detrimental. Detrimental to the church and to the people that are in the church. Yeah. The narcissists also need for affirmation uh, often feeds their 
their uh, need for good behavior. Mm, okay. Christians like that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a positive thing about behaviors. Right. And we want to be around, I think, in, in the world in general, positive people that mm-hmm. uh, are rewarded for good behavior. Yes. And for whatever reason, I, I you know, we see someone doing mission trips and, and it is good. Mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. see people that are leading the Sunday school or mm-hmm. and we think that uh, that's good. Right. And, and so we don't question mm-hmm. what's going on and the motives behind it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and we're not saying everybody's doing that. <laughs> no, I'm not. But not. you've got to really, you know, you've got to, we had a, a friend that used to say that, you know, God tells us not to judge, but he tells us we can be a fruit inspector. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, you know, we have to be uh, smart and shrewd um, in the church too. Also church leaders, the, the answers and the resolutions often create more conflict and narcissistic mm-hmm. injury. You're right. With this, you often see church splits. Yes. You see division. You yes. see many people go out get out of Dodge because they don't understand or, or the, the lies are so big. Or getting rid of the pastor. Gaslighting. Yeah. Name calling. You name it. I've seen right. some real ugly things. We have. We have definitely seen some ugly things. And sometimes the narcissists take over the church and they push out the pastor. We've seen it personally. We've seen it with friends. And sometimes the pastor can be a narcissist. Yes. I was going to bring that up. So I'm glad you did. Um, Yes. Sometimes a pastor can be a narcissist and a bully. So you have to watch that, too. And sometimes church members will just let the leadership make decisions. Mm. And to a certain extent, that's good. Right. But I think it also is not good. Well, you have to have checks and balances in any business. You have to have checks and balances in a church. Not that a church is a business, but you have to, you can't have one person in a church having sole power because, you know, we're all human. And that person is, you know, sometimes that power goes to their head. And that's how cults are born at times. So you have to be careful with that. I really think as I go through these that how many cults have been created because mm-hmm. of narcissistic uh, leadership. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh, sometimes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, sometimes they start out really being a, doing a good thing yep. and really serving God, but the power goes to their head and they leave God. I mean, you go back to the Seventh-day <clears throat> Adventist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started off, I think, with good intentions, and they got all, way off track with yeah. a lot of added rules and, right. and false prophecies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was, at first, good intentions, Definitely. And, and then yeah. they got way off. And then from the Seventh-day Adventists, you have the Jehovah's Witnesses that formed mm-hmm. from them. Oh, I didn't realize Which that. denied the deity of Christ. Interesting. And, you know, had the uh, denied etern- eternality of hell. Right. Um, and, um, many other things. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I think looking at this, some ways of dealing with this within the church is number one, when you're dealing with someone that may be a narcissist, um, you need to do it in writing. Yeah. Because narcissists are gifted Mm -hmm. with, with twisting Mm -hmm. words. Sometimes they make you think you said something when you didn't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. So writing, you're saying text, email. Text, email. Make written. sure you get it written. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just saying, I talked to this person, so-and-so, and mm-hmm. this is what they said. Right. That makes sense. Um, I also think, you know, using short answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds good. Not getting and drawn into it. Not getting drawn into the drama. Yes. Very if, good. If if you cut off their supply, then they're not going to have a supply. Definitely. That makes sense. Uh, set up boundaries. Right. They hate boundaries. They but do. Set them up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, utilize Matthew 18, church discipline. Uh, right. I haven't seen it. I've only seen it done right mm-hmm. in a couple examples. But, right. But uh, I think... Jesus gave us those principles that that structure of church discipline for a reason. I agree. Yeah. So this is a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there are many pastors and leaders and people in churches that have experienced it. Yes, definitely. And so if you've experienced this as a pastor, you're not alone. Um, a lot of times people don't really talk about this, but we know that it happens. So, um, definitely you have to pray and you have to seek God. And when you're definitely dealing with a narcissist in the church and, you know, listen to God. Yeah. So I hope this is helps. It, mm-hmm. It's not towards anyone. It's no, uh, definitely not. This is something that is, I believe a uh, very common issue. Unfortunately. Yeah, right. But even the narcissist needs to come to Jesus. Yes. I mean, we, I think that, well, I, Definitely, Samson mm-hmm. was a narcissist psychopath. He was. I think he was. Yeah. That we'll see in heaven. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. The Apostle Paul, I think before he was saved, and I think he struggled with aspects even after salvation with narcissistic tendencies. Well, yeah. When he, he wanted to get rid of John Mark, and then John Mark and Luke went off. Um, of course, you know, they ended up going to other places and. Ministering, God can turn things around. Um, and so, yeah, we, we do see that sometimes, I think, even after he became a Christian. So, yeah. I mean, he would say over and over again, he used, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, tribe mm-hmm. of Benjamin. But I was taught in the best schools. Yeah. And then he said, but I consider it all garbage. <laughs> consider it all. <laughs> Throw that humility yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, and That's so you funny. can kind of see that, I think, in yeah. his writings. Which, I uh, think so, too. He's a cool person. We're going to have some interesting conversations with him one day. I think think so. Yeah, I think so. I know so. Definitely. Um, But of course, there's Judas. Yeah. And Judas is an example of one that was a grandiose narcissist that wanted this Jesus to skip the cross, go straight into being a Mm -hmm. king, take over Rome, and he would be set up right next to him. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate that we won't be seeing him in heaven someday. And so, you know, by grace, through faith, that's what it mm-hmm. is. None yes. of us are worthy. No, definitely uh, not. We have, you know, salvation. Right. We know that because we confess, we profess faith in Christ. Definitely. And he died for our sin and rose from the dead. So this helps us to remember that. Jesus can absolutely positively take your mess, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.